Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other mediums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. Welcome back. My name is Roman Hamilton. We're going to be doing the chosen discussion. This should be episode five and episode six. With me today, we have... (laughs) It's me, Rome. Paul Chapman. He's hopped up on coffee. Listen, it's late, Rome. You slipped something in there, didn't you? Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) It is a little bit late. We're we're doing a a late one here tonight. And it's because every one of us are, are busy and we're trying to get some things done here, but... Uh, also, we have Mr. Randy Ware. Randy Ware and Travis West. Mr. Travis West. Now, based on the feedback that we've been getting, Randy, everybody likes what you say. They just can't hear you. I know. I got to speak up. So I'll get loud. <laughs> it's all right. So, tonight, episode <laughs> five, episode six of The Chosen. Folks, if you are not watching The Chosen, you need to do that. I actually reached out to them about having a guest appearance on the podcast. So that is in the works right now. Okay. Sweet. I told them we were the number one syndicated podcast in Teleco Plains, which, you know. (laughs) Where's that? May or may not have been a bit of an exaggeration. (laughs) Well, actually, no, it's not a lie. Is is there another podcast in Teleco Plains? Not that I'm aware of. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. But either way, you know, we might be able to get somebody on here for uh, the Chosen, which I think would be spectacular. And as our podcast continues to grow, be sure to get on Facebook, Truth Revival 37385, and like and share our content on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Audible, any major platform. We're there. We want to thank our, our fans out there for the support. So tonight, Episode five, the wedding gift. This episode starts out with Jesus as a, as a kid. And I can remember we did a Christmas play with Lance. And this was one of the first plays that Lance was ever part of. And I'll never forget it. His line in the play was, why is it that you sought me? Wished you not that I must be about my father's business. Jesus was 12 or 13 years old. And he was ministering to the scribes, ministering to the priests. He was teaching them. But as we sensationalize that, we overlook the fact that his mom and dad lost him. Mm -hmm. And we get to see that human side of Mary and Joseph. And this is one of the things, I cannot reiterate this enough. This series humanizes these biblical characters in a way that I had never thought of. Would you guys agree? Oh yeah, same here. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah, I wonder when I saw that. That how many times did did Mary and Joseph have that? They forgot that who Jesus was because he's still a kid, and you still have a parental. We all have kids. We know 
you panic when stuff happens. You, especially if you, God forbid, I haven't ever done it, lost one of them. Yeah. I wonder how many times that happened to where she had to second guess and say, oh, what am I scared of? This is Jesus. This is God's mm-hmm. son. Yeah. But you just forgot. Yeah. You know, and that it made me start thinking about stuff like that of, wow. Somewhere between that, when he was 12, and the wedding, she realized and knew who he was. Well, you could see in the in the scene that she realized right then, like, yeah. oh, yeah, there's yeah. something different about yeah. this. But I'm dude. sure throughout the, the yeah. yeah throughout the days and weeks, she would just forget. You just forget about it. She oh, yeah. just just that's my son. Yep. You know, you wouldn't think about it. He'd fall down, scrape a knee, and you hold on. Oh, no. oh, yeah. That's, you know, yep, that's true. Your godson. We know yeah, a lot. <laughs> Like when Corey sings, uh, Mary, did you know? Mm. Yep. yep. Man, that, that gets me every time. And, you know, like you said, we lost Cruz once. He didn't lose us. We lost him once at a campground. He stayed back at a place playing, and we thought he was with another friend, and it was one of them. We went to the friend's camp, and he wasn't there, and just the feeling of complete hopelessness. And, you know, how many people you think was at Jerusalem when this happened? A million, probably? Uh, at least down? thousands. Thousands. Yeah, a bunch. You know, and then, yeah. So, basically, this episode centralizes around two main stories in Scripture. The first one was Jesus and the temple as a child. And I love this quote that Mary said to Jesus, which is not scriptural. But, again, it humanizes this mother and she said, help us get through all of this. Like, you're the son of God. You're going to have to help us out a little bit. Yeah. If you're just going to disappear, just let us know where you're going. Okay, so fast forward. Probably my most favorite quote it was when Jesus and his disciples are kind of outside the city. And there's uh, Peter, his brother Andrew, James and John, Mary, and another James. <laughs> Jesus says, well, how are we going to figure this out? We've got a bit of a predicament here. And one of them said, how about we call another one Big James and Little James? <laughs> Jesus said, fine, it's settled. Little James, Big James. Uh, I thought that was a, a, a pretty cool um, passage right there. But this whole, this whole um, episode is really themed around Jesus and his mother. There's also, I believe, a, a, a brief interaction with... Nicodemus. Yeah, that was and yep. baptizer. That was yep. powerful mm-hmm. with John the baptizer. Yep. I love when he said, "Where are you from?" and he just started naming off all the tribes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was great. He said, "Don't do that worthless babble to me." You know? <laughs> yeah, Nicodemus was trying to be the the hardhead, I guess. But he was trying to be the he was the teacher of teachers. Yeah, he was he was giving like, him that. But then again, he would. It was almost like he was acting it out in front of John because yep. he wanted to believe. Yeah, he he, so he was like he bad. was going yeah. back and forth of, no, I'm the teacher of teachers. Now tell me about this guy you're talking about. You know, kind of on the side. It was weird. It was a weird interaction. Yeah. And John said, "You guys would have the Pharisees would have labeled Moses a lunatic for talking to a shrub." Mm. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> That's said, true, where, do, though. "Where do you fall into that?" That's what he yeah. asked Nicodemus. Uh, yeah. And uh, he also said, "You know." Uh, Said, you remember how they did in Rome before Caesar got here? They went out and fixed all the roads. They had to prepare mm-hmm. the way for the coming king. And Nicodemus couldn't get what he was saying. He says, "Dare you quote the Torah?" You know, and and then he started getting it. Well, uh, John, John kind of 
zinged Nicodemus a little bit. He quoted something out of Proverbs. He said, because Nicodemus is like, who, who are you talking about? He says, who has ascended into the heaven and come back down? Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has wrapped the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? What is the name of his son? And Nicodemus says, oh, the son is, is Israel, the, the, the people Israel. Yeah. And John says, no, you're, you're, you're missing the mark here, Nicodemus. And so, again, the groundwork is being laid mm -hmm. for an interaction with Nicodemus and Jesus. And, and, and I mean, Nicodemus here um, even later references this making the path straight, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And I wonder if down deep in his heart, if he, his tradition will not allow him to have faith in John and Jesus. He's, he's being restrained by his tradition right now. So, But he's very curious. Very, very he, curious. He's very curious. So fast forward. I really like the interaction with Thomas. Mm. Yeah. yeah. We get to meet Thomas for the first time. And Thomas is the kind of guy, he is a planner. He's all about being detailed. And he was the one, which again, I'm not, I mean, if, if this is scriptural, then please somebody correct me. We'll have an online discussion. You can reach out to me. But Thomas is the one who's pitched as the provider for wine for the wedding ceremony, Cana of, of, of Galilee. Well, I don't think that's really biblical, but it was an interesting spin mm -hmm. because he has it planned exactly how much wine they're going to need. Yeah. And this is a special kind of wine that they talked about. It's a special family recipe. And so we're just going to kind of go right on into the wedding. Something happens more people show up than was supposed to show up or more people are drinking than what they're supposed to be drinking. And, uh, it was double. Yeah. Double. Double. They have a wine shortage, which, um, caused a little bit of panic, caused a little bit of a panic, but there were some private miracles that Jesus was doing. And one of the things he kept reiterating was my time has not yet come. Mm hmm. This miracle right here, the Cain of Galilee, was Jesus' first public miracle that we read about in Scripture where he turned the water into wine. And how they set up that story was just incredible because Thomas and his, I guess it's his wife? or his, No, it's just uh, a worker. Business co-worker. Yeah, it's kind of like business they're in partner. business together. Yeah, yeah. kind of like they're in business so his, together. His business partner. She's female. I assume that it was his wife. But they start doing the numbers. They're like, we're going to be short. And, of course, we know that Thomas later becomes a disciple of Jesus Christ. But in that moment of desperation, you see, that's the thing. If we can always plan it, if we can always control it, we have no reason to trust in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of our problems right now in our world because we are so blessed We've got jobs, we've got money, we've got health, we've got everything that we need. And Jesus has got to somehow fight for our affections. Plus, there was there was some parallels going on there. There was conversations going on out in the feast 
and he was explaining how he was a stonemason, and they were asking what Jesus did. Is Jesus? And they said Jesus is a craftsman. No, he was he was a carpenter's son. But also, you know, Jesus is telling Thomas. He asked him. He said, "Do you know why these jars are made out of stone?" Oh, I like that. Yeah, yep. he said because they're pure. Yep, can't be tainted. Can't be tainted. I like that. But let's let's go right there, Travis. Let's hit on that for a minute. Whenever we went to Israel, that was one of the things that they told us in um, in Nazareth that we all the time say that Jesus was a carpenter's son. We stereotype carpenter to only be like a like a builder, but they told us over there that that Hebrew word means more of a handyman, a craftsman of sorts. He was a fix-it man. He could do all sorts of things. And what was it that Jesus was building that they were talking about right there at the... A privy. A yeah. privy or yeah. a latrine. 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 Yeah. Peter was like, he has a job? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jesus was a man's man. To think about sleeping outside, traveling these long distances. Jesus was not a pampered person. He was not a soft and gentle he was meek and lowly but jesus was a tough man he was a he was a handyman he was a craftsman but while they were having that conversation at the table all the the disciples or who he's asked to come and follow what was jesus doing which is a piggyback kind of off episode two he was sitting at the table with kids with all the children yep and and they said oh to be a kid again and then mary goes no to be us Yep. yep. We get to go with them. Yeah. We get to stay with them. They got to go home with they their gotta parents. They got to go home with their parents. Yeah. 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 I like that part. Okay. So um, back to Thomas. So they're running short on this wine and he's panicking. And Mary looks at Jesus. And see, they done a, they did a really good job earlier in the episode establishing that connection between mother and son. Mary says, Jesus, we need you to do something. He says, Mom, it's not my time yet. And she says, What was the quote? If not now, now when? when? Yeah. If not now, then when? It almost made me think uh, that it made me see Jesus, the man, as as so mortal in in that in that scene because he kept saying, "My time's not yet come. My time's not yet come." And I, it almost makes you question: Was he ready to give it up? Was yeah. he ready to say, "Okay, God, whatever you want, I'm going to do"? Because he kept saying. It's not my time yet. It's not my time yet. It's not. And she was like, "Hey, look. If not now, when?" You so know? Jesus, because was, once he did that, everything changes. Exactly. Yes. And he knew everything was going to change at yep. that point. Once yep. it starts, that, it was, that snowball is going to start happening. And yep. so I'd say the human downhill. side of him was probably conflicted. Yes, definitely. Oh yeah. You know, and and, and he says when, when he's getting ready, and and he asks everybody to leave, and he says, "I'm ready, Father. I'm mm, ready. Let's do this." Let's yeah. do this. You know, I was I was interested because he 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 talked Thomas and everybody left. He goes, he said, "I'm gonna need you to follow me." Thomas is like, "Why? What have you done? I don't know." Any, like, Why would I follow you? This well, first, you know, he said, uh, "Thomas, I need you." And he said, "What did you say?" Because he didn't. Thomas didn't know him didn't from know Adam's him. house cat. No. <laughs> you know, but, he, he's a big doubter. <laughs> oh yeah, that <laughs> yeah. They laid the groundwork for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it, I don't know that it's it's that he's he's a doubter. He's just a realist. He's he's a data driven guy, right? Mm-hmm. Right. He, you know, he's not somebody who lives in the fantasy or faith world. It's just, you know, um, proven results and, and tactical and a numbers guy. And he had miscalculated. He was in a moment of desperation. And Jesus says, "Fill these pots with water." And so they fill them with water. 
he asks everybody to leave. I thought he's going to do it with everybody in there. Yeah. But he asks everybody to leave, and he takes a moment with his father, and he says, "I'm ready." Puts his hand in the water, turns into wine. Spectacular moment, and then they bring out the wine, and one of the guests says, "Stop the music! Stop the music!" It's the wine co- or the, the, the wedding coordinator, the, the, the uh, says, MC the, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Stop the music, he says, because Mary told Jesus to do this so that the host wouldn't be embarrassed. Yeah, well, you know, the family was so worried because Abner and uh, the bride's mom and dad were real rich, well-to-do, and they looked down on the uh, and and they were so worried about this wedding. Yeah, and they and were super stressed. He says, "Our guests tonight have done something uncommon." They have saved the best wine for last yep. because usually they give the best wine first, the one that's probably got the highest alcohol content, mm-hmm. <laughs> and ever let everybody get blistered, and then they start giving the, the cheap stuff. And nobody yep. cares because they're already you know, <laughs> a little loopy. But they said they've saved the best for last. And he said, this is the best wine I've ever tasted, which I thought, nothing less from God. You know, it's going to be that. Just to kind of close out this episode, a moment of, of humor. They're doing this song, and uh, Jesus is trying to get these guys loosened up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Peter says, I'll follow you anywhere. Anywhere. Jesus said, well, there's just one problem. <laughs> and they had talked about the four left feet of Andrew. Of Andrew, yeah. <laughs> How he danced like a donkey on coals. <laughs> yeah. And Jesus said, we got to fix this. And so mm-hmm. they start dancing, and Peter's like, are you going to touch him? Are you going to? And Jesus says, well, there's even some things that I can't fix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. When we return, we'll be discussing episode six of The Chosen. This is Truth Revival. We'll be right back. Hey, Paul, after a long day of work, you're tired. Heather's tired. Or maybe even after church on Sunday afternoon. Everybody's got to eat. So where are you going? I'm going down to see Juan and the family at Senor Lopez, 105 Mecca Pike, Teleco Plains, Tennessee, where the food is fresh and the family is welcome. Come home for dinner at Senor Lopez. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. And we're back. This Truth Revival. Chosen Discussion, Episode 6. Here we go. This one is titled The Indescribable Compassion. And I think right out of the gate, this is about a man who is bringing his utensils into basically like a pawn shop. Pawn shop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the dude's like, this is some pretty nice stuff. Why are you selling this? And he starts thinking that maybe the guy stole it. Lifts up his... Uh, garments and notices what leprosy. He's got the leper mark. He's a leper. He's a leper. He said, "You're supposed to be back four cubits or something like that." And this was something that I actually meant to bring out Sunday in my sermon, guys. 
do you know that quarantining is something that's actually biblical? Yeah, reading Leviticus. If a person was a leper, they were quarantined outside the camp. They yeah. were not allowed around. Well, there was many diseases. I mean, it- I don't know if my in my lifetime if I've ever heard about being quarantined, but it's something that's very common now. And so, but it's just for the benefit of the healthy. Mm-hmm. So this guy was a leper. This well, they were traveling. Yeah. So yeah, as they, as they were traveling. Well, remember they met the Ethiopian. They woman. met the Ethiopian woman yeah. and talked to her, and that was the interaction they started yeah. with her. And so, while they were traveling, this leper comes out of nowhere. Which what what did the disciples do first? Oh, John pulled the knife. Yeah, John pulled the knife. They were ready to fight. Yeah, yeah. No, you, get him you, away. Get no. Cover yeah. your mouth. Don't get near. And him. the one yeah. guy was like, "Don't breathe these air. Don't yeah. he covered his nose. Yeah, <laughs> don't breathe the air." But then Jesus started to walk toward him, and they were just panicking. Yeah, you can't walk. But they still didn't understand who he really was. But then again, while this is happening, who's standing over there in the trees watching? The Ethiopian. The Ethiopian woman was kind of watching what was going down, and every time this this, the guy who plays Jesus is phenomenal. But like every time he goes to heal somebody, I believe it's real. Oh yeah, the actor just portrays this moment with such. Passion and intensity, and everybody that gets healed has this joy. Yes, the the the, the acting they they portray of the joy, and you you feel it. You're like, what if you were in that? Sh-? You would have that joy of of being healed from whatever it was. And the music just stirs your yeah. soul. You know, it's just. It, I mean, the production on this powerful. is powerful. Top notch, so good. I actually broke down in that scene. I was just like, I did too, man. Yeah, because Jesus embraced this guy. Yeah, who who the world says is unclean. I was thinking, do I do that? No, I don't. I need to, though. I've got to. We as a church have to. to. And, uh, you know, that that's one thing about, about this, this show. It's made it so real to me. And I'm like, man, I'm totally missing the mark on a lot of things. And, um, I mean, the compassion that he shows, the love he shows, and just the, the fierceness to not back down and to, and to be brave and to be like, hey, and he does it with such love, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's undeniable. And God's calling us to do the same thing. And there's a scene in, uh, I think Mary even reiterated it in, in episode five, but also later with, with Peter in this episode, where Peter's trying to respond to what he would normally do. And his one of his disciples say, did Jesus tell you to do this? And Peter's like, no, but I, he goes, he's got this. Just watch him. Yeah, that's when he was teaching. Learn. Yeah. Andrew him. was going over to him and he was trying to. Yeah, be the bodyguard and yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, and guys, that's yeah. what Jesus was teaching these guys. That's why they lived with him for three years. And Peter even got to go home and see his wife, and he got mm-hmm. to sing a song for his kid and everything. But well, and his mother in law see yeah. her. Oh, that yeah. was who he was singing to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. they were setting the groundwork for that. Setting the groundwork for that. So okay, so yeah. but you know, Peter was learning from Jesus, and guys, I, even now, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. I'm learning from God's word, and that's what this this show has done for me it has taken scripture and made it something tangible and real that i can you can kind of marry the two and it forms a more complete picture yes yes i agree but but i want to encourage you though there are so many little nuggets Mm -hmm. and and i want to tell you guys this you got to watch it more than once i'm telling you yeah i'm gonna tell you guys this this is this is how god works I'm, I'm reading through the Bible right now, Bible in a year. I am 
nine days behind. Last night, whenever I go to read First Chronicles chapter 25, in verse number seven, it says, So the number of them with their brethren that were instructed in the songs of the Lord, even all that were cunning, was two hundred, fourscore, and eight. Y'all know what was referenced in this passage when that guy was singing? Said, so what did you try out for? The 288? Yep. I thought, I, I read that last night. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going, I'm, I'm driving and I'm thinking, <laughs> God, you're speaking to me. Like the Holy Spirit is in my car because like, I, I mean, I'm behind, but I watched that today and it was like, I mean, that's God. I see, that's, that's what people need to understand. You don't watch this show like you would watch a sitcom or the Waltons or anything. You have to watch it from a spiritual point of view because I guarantee you 99% of the people missed what you just talked about yep. right there. Yep. I would have missed it if I hadn't read it last yeah. night. But see, that's the thing. Like The scholarship that's been done for this show is top-notch. The writing is on point, and it doesn't excellent job of representing our faith you mentioned something about continue learning you know i'll skip ahead of episode six but nicodemus does that was, yep. what's the guy with him shmeel 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 yeah. whatever Shmuel. he says something about you're the you're the you're the teacher you're you you're the teacher of teachers. teacher of teachers and nicodemus makes a point we're still learning Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all still students, and they didn't. They didn't under, he can't. He can't grasp that. That he's already hit this level. There's no more I can learn. But you can but, hear his. He was. He's very devoted to the Torah and to the Word of God. But he was also very narrow minded. Oh yeah. And Nicodemus even said, "Do we put God in a box? Yeah, take <laughs> yeah. him out of that box you've carved." And guys, I, I I'm serious when I say this. I believe that the modern day church is where the Pharisees and Sadducees were. When Christ came, absolutely, oh, yeah. Yeah. we absolutely. are riddled yeah. with tradition, and if it's not the way that we've been doing things for years, then uh, God doesn't work that way. Mm-mm. Let me tell you something: God can work however He wants. Okay? Which you know, in watching this, I, I start to see. I can almost empathize with the Pharisees and Sadducees of the day. You know, God hadn't spoken to these people in four hundred years. You know, yeah. longer than the United States has been a country, right? If you've never heard from God in 400 years, and all of a sudden a guy walks in and goes, I'm the son of God, are you going to go, sure, I got you, if you haven't seen the miracles? Yeah. And they haven't seen anything. And so they're tr- the people that are following Jesus have seen it firsthand, and yeah. they're like, oh, my goodness, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But these uh, Nicodemus, he's starting to see glimpses because he never saw something in person, but he saw the, the after effect of Mary being healed and stuff like that, that something's going on. These other people didn't. And so... They can't grasp well, like, what's like happening. Matthew, and, you know, he's seen the miracle of the fish, and he could not understand because he is a data-driven guy. Right. And uh, he said, this is impossible. Well, so I would Who just, is the other man? Yeah. That's what. Yeah. Yeah. But if it happened today, that's what I'm wondering. If, yeah. if, if that situation happened today. Miss it. How many of us would just miss it because... I believe we're we, so set up in our traditions. Yeah, we are. Well, it's like Nick, Nicodemus told him. He said, "We are asleep in safety, and rich in tradition." Ooh, mm, well, that yeah. that is a quote right there. Yep. Yeah. 
t-shirt moment. Yeah, that's what I thought, a sleeping safety rich in tradition. We may be leaving out some details, but we're going to try to wrap this thing up here pretty quick, probably next five to ten minutes. Jesus, assisting his mother, goes to James and John's house, and they get to see Zebedee again. And they're just sitting there, just talking. And what begins to happen? People start hearing him teaching. As Jesus ministers. People start gathering. People recognize him. They gather. And guys, I feel like that's what church should be. Yeah, We should have something that people are intrigued by, but Jesus didn't seek attention. Mm. You know what we do in the church? We're trying to promote and trying to advertise. and But when people get hungry, then they'll seek the Lord. Well, the leper said that. And when he healed him, he said, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. You don't seek your own honor? Your own honor? And he's like, just don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. And then, I mean, again, when the... uh, when he turned the water into wine, I'd have been like, you guys wouldn't need to watch this. <laughs> yeah. you know, Jesus said, everybody out. So he's not seeking fame. He's not seeking um, attention, but people are drawn to him. And I feel like that's what we as a church need to be. We need to not seek attention. We need to be humble. But there ought to be something about us mm-hmm. that draws people, love and humility. Peculiar people. Peculiar yeah. people. That's what they said in, in the show. Uh, I think it was maybe the guards were talking or it might've been the Pharisee guy, but they said, Hey, we got to go check this out because this guy, he's a common guy. He, he's, he's not a rabbi. He's a common guy. And he commands the attention of an entire area. Mm. The spirit in him commanded the attention yep. of an entire area. This, Which is where the Ethiopian lady got tied in. Ethiopian yep. woman t- the one that saw the miracle with the leper. They let him down through the house, which, you know, they done a great job of showing that that it was a crowded area. And I thought it was so funny whenever they started ripping off the roof. Somebody goes, that's our house. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? Stop. Put that back. But then they they, they lowered him down. And Jesus was getting ready to heal him. And the Pharisees showed up. And they like, who has given you the authority to teach? And I thought it was pretty cool because Jesus just kind of ignored him. But I love his his quote to the Ethiopian lady up there. You know, he was sitting there thinking, if I do this, there's a lot of people watching. It's going to get real now. Yeah. Yeah. And all he said before he said anything was, your faith is beautiful. Which made me start thinking. Oh man, that was Yeah, that got me because is my faith beautiful? I hope he can say that to me that your faith is beautiful. That's huge, Randy. She kept saying if it's your will, I know you can do it. I've seen you do it. And and if you'll just if you will can you heal him? And she fought so hard to get this person mm-hmm. to Jesus. And guys, I wonder how hard we fight to get family and friends and people to Jesus. Even the disciples tried to stop her. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Peter, especially Peter was concerned about security. Yeah. Hmm. But then once the Pharisee Mary, it was Mary, really that got her. In yeah. There. Cause they yeah. said, if you were in our position, she goes, I was come on, let's go. <laughs> yeah. But the Pharisee went, once he said, who are you? Who do you have? What authority do you have? And once Jesus said, okay, let's do it. Kind of lit a fire under him. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. he he went from just slowly talking to the people and explaining. To, he kind of got, you know, he got a little fire assertive, him, which was good. He got a, it was he got a little fierce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's going to come so some what's easier where Jesus starts rebuking. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm going to be in. Well, and and another thing that made me think in that particular moment is uh, how many times you know Peter wanted a smooth routine, uneventful. Yes. Teaching. He didn't want anything to disrupt it. 
how many times do we have services like that where mm-hmm. where we might say, "Is anybody got a testimony?" But really, don't. No, I'm ready to go home and get yeah, something. It's lunchtime. It's yeah. lunchtime. Anybody got something on their heart? No, no I hope good. nobody does. You know. Yeah. You know that's a eat. cool point because Mary, uh, Peter, kind of hollered at her from the rooftop and goes, "How's it doing? Is he okay? Is he good?" She goes, "Yeah, he's good. He got plenty of room. Got everything he needs. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could do that in church?" God, you got plenty of time, got plenty of room. Air conditioning's good. I mean, everybody comfortable. Let's let the Lord work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I love the part two, and then I'll, uh, Matthew's on the top with the kids watching. Yeah. <laughs> I liked Peter's interaction with him. So Peter was going up to tell the kids, where's your parents? And the yeah. kids, kids point, and he goes, well, that's, and the kids go, Jesus of Nazareth. We know him. Yeah. 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 Which I thought was so awesome because those are the two kids from episode two. Episode two. It's like that's Jesus of Nazareth. We know him. Yeah. And 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 something else. There was a couple little subtle jabs at Nazareth Mm. to 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 reinforce the script. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And they kind of kept jabbing like "Ah, they're they're from Nazareth. Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. And yada yada yada. And here the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And Jesus performs this miracle. This guy stands up. Nicodemus sees him and chases down Mary. And he is asking for an audience with Jesus. And Mary's like, he doesn't follow us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we follow him. We follow him. You know, and like, I can't tell this guy what to do. She goes, but I'll try. And I'm sure you guys have seen. Oh, just wait. You all know. Mm-hmm. Just uh, wait. You uh, talk about a be prepared. Bring also, the tissues the, with you. Yep. I, I do it every time I cry yeah. about every episode. But oh. but I love the way he zinged the Pharisees. Yes. Mule and Nicodemus was watching, waiting for him to do it. And uh, he said, just so you know, the Son of, of Man has power on earth. And, to forgive and to heal. To forgive yeah. and to heal. He says, and they got out. Uh, Shmuel got outraged. Nicodemus yeah. was just more intrigued. Yeah, he was like, whoa. He was in whoa. awe. He was in awe, yeah. yeah. So, guys, I think that's one of the things that we can really take away from this episode is being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Let's just allow God to work. Yes. Let's create an atmosphere to allow the Holy Spirit to work. And I know this is one of the things that Mike said in the previous episode. He said, when the Holy Spirit starts working, Baptists get nervous. <laughs> we get uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and it's like, we don't know what to do. We like we, God in a box. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and we yeah. just need to be comfortable in his presence. Exactly. I mean, obviously, fear and reverence to the Lord, but when the Lord shows up, that's what we're here for. Yeah, just go with it. Yeah. We just want, let it take you wherever. I mean, don't yes. be so And I've been praying rigid. for an outpouring of God's Spirit among our churches, not just this church, but area churches, so that people will know, just like I preached Sunday morning, God, open our eyes. Elisha was so cool when the armies of the Syrians were surrounding him. His servant was like, we got to get out of here. They're going to get in contact. Lord, you open up his eyes so he can see that you got this. He was surrounded by <laughs> angel armies. Well, another thing, especially in this area, is we got to realize that it's not about Baptists. It's not about Methodists. It's, not, mm-hmm. it's God's people. And until we can reach across that aisle and realize we're serving the same Creator, the same Savior, saved us all, you know, it, it hinders our growth. Paul, I've already got some negative feedback because you didn't close us out on the last episode. Yeah. So I'm going to let you do the honors here. Why don't you close <laughs> us out? I, I'm just completely humbled and really awestruck by 
by the whole series here. And I look back at my life and my walk when I surrendered to the Lord, and I look at where I'm at now, and it gets sweeter as you go with the Lord. And, and, and just if you'll seek him, you'll find him. And he knows what you need right when you need it. And, and I think this chosen, our world needed it right now. Mm-hmm. Because I really feel like it's drawing people together and letting people say, "Hey, he he was he was a human like we are, and he sees us in secret, and we seek him in secret." This whole thing's going to change and erupt, and we're not going to be Baptist and Methodist and and non denominational and and Presbyterian. We're not going to be all those things. We're going to be in love with the Creator of the universe. Hallelujah! And His name is Jesus. Powerful. If you're not watching Chosen, you need to download the app, Chosen app, get subscribed, get plugged in. This has been Truth Revival, episode 11. God bless you guys. We're out of here. <laughs>